Cornucopia Radio presents Welcome to A Little Bit Racy, the improvisation comedy panel show that you just couldn't make up. I'm your host, James Cottle, and if you're listening in surround sound, I'm over here. Now I'm over here. In the show, panelists race against a time limit of just three minutes to improvise their way to a destination. They begin from different starting points and use an assortment of randomly assigned objects, companions, and modes of transport, but they must keep all of them with them when they travel. They also have to overcome another panelist who will improvise obstacles to try and stop them. Now, collectively holding a scimitar to my neck and forcing me to host a panel show for some reason, <laughs> please welcome Joe Thompson, Chris Cosentino, Joe Darcy and Tom Harrison. So, let's move on to the challenge in round one. The National Treasure Society has given up the pretense and announced that they have just been randomly handing out the title of National Treasure to people on the telly who are lovely. <laughs> but their National Treasure assigning machine has broken and has awarded it to Kevin James, star of Paul Blart, Mall Cop, and other such terrible, terrible films. <laughs> you must travel to his home in Beverly Hills, Hollywood and intercept the official telegram for the dignity of the UK. So... Attempting the challenge first will be Joe. Your object tonight is a nice cup of tea. Your companion is Channel 4 newscaster Jon Snow. Your mode of transport is a horse-drawn washing machine. And your starting point is with your head stuck between some park railings in Warsaw, Poland. So best of luck to Joe trying to get to Beverly Hills and best of luck to Chris trying to improvise obstacles to try and stop him. Joe, your time starts now. Right, well, first to get my head out from between the railings, I uh, work alongside Jon Snow to make a big Channel 4 campaign, which will lead to a general <laughs> social media movement to create political pressure to make the uh, Warsaw local council uh, remove the railings entirely and apologise profusely for making them be there in the first place. Um, following this, uh, I will uh, take Jon Snow, uh, put him upon the washing machine, grab my cup of tea, and we will travel across mainland Europe towards the Atlantic Ocean. Um, as you're crossing along mainland Europe, uh, your news presenter companion notices no specific issues going on that we're not going to mention on this radio show and feels compelled to report on them. I remind him of our main issue, which is that Kevin James is being considered a national treasure, and surely this is more important than any political issue going on at this time. Uh, and uh, of course he has to agree with me, because it's Kevin James. Um, so as we make our way across, across France, and we get to the kind of coast that's kind of the Atlantic Ocean there. Yeah, 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 yeah. North Atlantic. Uh, we just drop the washing machine into the water and all just kind of sit on it. Okay, and at which point the washing machine sinks? Uh, <laughs> at which point we all get inside and create a washing machine-like submarine. <laughs> and we begin just drifting under the currents of the water. Is that Atlantis? We'll never know. Uh, and we just begin making our way through the Atlantic in our little... Um, surreal uh, <laughs> kitchen device. <laughs> um, while you're in the ocean, you come across a 
let's say a boy that's gone astray instead of um, an iceberg and it puts a gash <laughs> in the side of your washing machine and then you start sinking. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly filling up with water. Um, well, at that point, I uh, um, I get the horse to drink the water after a long conversation. Uh, it turns out you can convince him to drink. Um, uh, and he absorbs all the water. Um from the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> and we get out and we just begin walking uh, on the dried Atlantic Ocean. One minute bed. left. And we get out on the co- uh, the coast of New York and we, um, we we strap the horse back up and we begin making our way across the um, uh, mainland America. Um, at, while you're crossing mainland America, the distinct lack of water has now caused a Mad Max or water... No, the opposite of Waterworld. What was that other film where they ran out of water? I think it was called Tango, actually. I don't think it matters. Okay. <laughs> Dystopian future that happened in five minutes when the ocean vanished and the only source of water is your horse. Um, I, um, uh, using Jon Snow's uh, reporter and general PR abilities, I managed to convince all the Americans that, in fact, I am a sort of god um, <laughs> based around horses and water and will distribute water to whoever can actually uh, get me over to Beverly Hills uh, and so on the back of a Mad Max X truck uh, surrounded by people with uh, randomly paint sprayed across their own faces uh, we get ourselves across the central desert area Ten seconds left. and we uh, storm forward as I'm sipping on a nice cup of tea looking really strange and dystopian uh, and we eventually get to Beverly Hills and um it's still apparently relevant that there's a national treasure issue there. <laughs> Joe Thompson. Yeah, in fairness, priorities may have shifted away from the objective. <laughs> so now attempting the challenge will be Chris. Your object tonight is a Chinese hand fan. Your companion is Jason Statham. Your mode of transport is a bathtub. And your starting point is about to begin a Pistols at Dawn style duel in Cameroon, Africa. So, so can I just quickly ask, does, yes. the, uh, does the bathtub have wheels on it? No, it is just a bathtub. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck to you, Chris, and best of luck to you, Joe, trying to stop him. Chris, your time starts now. Okay, so I'm in uh, Africa, about to engage in a Pistols at Dawn style duel, because as we all know, Africa is renowned for loving old Western-style aesthetics and problem-solving methods. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, thankfully, I use my Chinese hand fan and I seductively wave it across my eyes in a geisha-esque fashion <laughs> and my opponent is immediately captivated by my unspeakable beauty and just kind of lets me go off with Statham because he figures, you know, I deserve happiness. So, so me, Jason, um, and the hand fan pile into the bathtub then Jason pops out of the bathtub and starts pulling it along because I remembered I needed something to pull the bathtub. And we start heading uh, east across the coast of Africa. Unfortunately, uh, seeing Jason Statham pull the bathtub, Bruno Mars thinks he's stolen his bit from that song Grenade. That's way a long time ago. Uh, and actually uh, creates a legal um, uh, sues him, basically, and uh, uh, pulls Jason Statham into a court case. Riveting. Riveting. <laughs> Thank God you went with someone who I know. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, uh, the court case is ultimately thrown out because Jason Statham is a celebrity and welcome to the real world. <laughs> Ooh, uh, biting. Biting. <laughs> uh, Bruno Mars uh, goes into a state of uh, existential crisis. 
That is Tough. inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for him and continue on my journey. <laughs> um, so we hit the coast. Um, obviously, we've been dragging the uh, bathtub along, so there's going to be quite a lot of sparks. And also, I'm going to assume that the bottom of it is worn off at this point, so there's just basically a ring of porcelain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> kind of wish I hadn't said that now. Um, <laughs> So we reached the ocean, and uh, Mr. Statham, being the ace driver and action hero that he is, uh, commandeers us a small water vessel. Let's say jet ski, because it will look good on camera. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I pop, the, I sling the uh, what's left of the bathtub sort of over my shoulder, sort of like a thing that goes over my shoulder. Like a necklace sort of thing. <laughs> Not unlike a necklace. Yes. Thank you, James. <laughs> and we continue heading east across the Atlantic Ocean towards Beverly Hills. Unfortunately, the weight of the bathtub uh, causes the jet ski to break down halfway across the Atlantic Ocean. One minute left. Oh, okay. Um, uh, we pop the side of the um, jet ski off and we see that we're just overheating. Luckily, <laughs> I have the perfect thing for that. Jason Statham's icy cold glare, and he looks at it and freezes. <laughs> and I'm just messing around with the fan in the meantime. <laughs> May as well. So we get, the, we get the jet ski working again, and we're well on our way, continuing across the Atlantic Ocean. And evidently nothing happens. So we get, so we get I, to, I, I thought the breakdown would get you. Okay. Um, so we hit the, so we hit, um, the coast, and we... Again, continue traveling east. As, as now on foot. <laughs> as, he, as you get onto the coast of America, uh, Jason Statham is hired for the most recent Fast and Furious film. Gotta keep him with you. I, got, I do gotta keep him with him. Um, okay, I convince him to put into his contract that he has friends and family in Beverly Hills, so a bulk of the filming needs to take place there. So we actually now get transportation built into his contract, so we now get a tour bus to take us there. <laughs> Ten seconds left. Uh, we arrive on the outskirts of Beverly Hills, and Jason Statham... He puts off them for a little bit longer. He throws a diva fit on set and nobody really wants to work with them. It's kind of <laughs> the project's in development hell for a little bit. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And? And then I do the thing in Beverly Hills what with the... the <laughs> yeah, coming to theatres 2017. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from our first pair there in round one. But we're now moving on to our second pair and attempting the challenge first will be Joe. Your object tonight is... A whistle that triggers a 90s rave. <laughs> Your companion is Alan Titchmarsh. Your mode of transport is a full-size wind-up Mini Cooper. <laughs> and your starting point is cleaning the windows of the Shard at the Shard in London. And Tom will now be throwing obstacles in your way to stop you, so best of luck to you, Joe. Your time starts now. Thank you very much. Uh, so I'm having, a good, I'm having a good clean and I think, no, this one's cleaned up really sparkly. So I take it off the side of the building, the glass pane, and I use it to start creating some kind of strobe effect. Plus, <laughs> I use my whistle. Soon enough, there's a crowd at the bottom, all with the hands up, which makes it very easy for me to slide down and land in a kind of, what do you call that? Crowd surfing. Crowd That's surf. it. <laughs> the only problem Thanks is... Thanks for help, Tom. This has made, <laughs> made Alan Titchmarsh uh, fall off the rave wagon back in the U. <laughs> he was spending seven nights in manumissions. You know, he was going for all out, and now he's just fallen completely back into old habits. He's literally shouting, lager, 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 lager. <laughs> 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 this couldn't have worked out better because his short-term memory is now screwed. So, fortunately, this goes with his sense of humour because I've got a Mini Cooper that's only done by wind-up, which allows the joke, oh, is this some kind of a wind-up? And then he winds it up and he goes, it is now! <laughs> and that allows the safe travel across the Land's End 
Miles. <laughs> okay, as you go, you uh, you realise that your Mini Cooper is being followed by two other Mini Coopers, and you've wandered onto the set of uh, the Italian Job Remake 2, which is set in Britain, because they're just determined to not set those films actually in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're heading. So we're up the cliff for the special moment where we're about to fall off the side, yeah. when Alan Titchmarsh uses his gardening know-how to summon, much like Ludo in <laughs> Labyrinth, the plants from the bottom, not rocks. <laughs> Come on now, rise up to the surface and take us over to America. So <laughs> It's like he's in the room. I think it. <laughs> So we drive onto the thing, and it just takes, it's amazing. Tom, thank you so much for taking us out. Um, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Uh, and, uh, would you believe it? We've managed to go across the Atlantic, and we're in New York. The problem is, is that... Uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> Alan Titchmarsh is uh, having a freak-out over the fact that New York is infamously a concrete jungle, except Central Park, which we just won't go into. Uh, and he's suffering from vegetable planting withdrawal syndrome. Look it up, it's a serious issue. <laughs> One minute left. And this is why we need to go on a New York chat show, of course, because Alan needs to talk about his plants and how much he loves plants. And so this leads us to the reason we need to get across to LA because there, there's beautiful gardens, beautiful space, but the plants that he needs to take across from New York to LA can only be transported outside with air. So the plane that takes us across has to carry the mini underneath with the windows open for all the plants to survive. We arrive in LA. <laughs> this is where Alan comes into his own. He's on a come down now and he's a bit down. So he starts speaking to Paul because he thinks, because Alan's that way, he thinks that Paul's funny. So <laughs> they're having a chat. Meanwhile, distract him a little bit. Go in, get the letter. Boom. That's fair enough. Get him Done. <laughs> Alan got it. Yeah, a little no fat. Alan Tishmarsh is a big fan of Paul Blart Morecop. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Tom will be attempting the challenge. You have with you as your object a saxophone tuned to only play Careless Whisper by George Michael. <laughs> your companion is a short-sighted lollipop lady. Andy. Your mode of transport is a milk float. And your starting point is getting a pedicure in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. Is a pedicure the uh, the hand one or the foot one? It's the foot one, the Tom. The foot one, okay. <laughs> Have fun. Okay. Your time, Tom, starts now. So I'm getting a foot nail thing done uh, <laughs> uh, which I leave immediately because uh, I have weird things thing about my feet um, and uh, hitch up the milk float riding along with um, my short sighted lollipop lady who's definitely going to be super useful and I set off uh, across Asia Minor why I use the 19th century term for it I don't know so I head, uh, I head to Siam uh, via German East Africa and, uh, those are all countries that I just, um, and uh, ooh, I don't know Milk float is probably starting to run out of juice, so I'll probably have to make a few stops off at kind of electrical recharging stations. The being... thing is, when you get off at the electrical recharging station, because you've not had your pedicure, the toenails are really long, and what you do when you walk along <laughs> is you puncture one of the wires with the aforementioned toenails. <laughs> Screw up the entire African cost. <laughs> this is exactly why I got the complex about my feet in the first place now. Um, <laughs> I suppose I use the lollipop is that what the yeah, lollipop well, yeah, is? Yeah, I suppose it is a lollipop. <laughs> and I, I sharpen it into a nail file that I then use to, uh, <laughs> to trim my uh, 
Toes back to size. Toe, not, oh, that sounds like, oh, that's grim. Uh, my uh, toenails back to size. Um, and then uh, set back off again, travelling uh, across the Mediterranean, some vague Mediterranean Playing careless whisper constantly. Playing careless whisper, of course. You've got to do something for entertainment on the, uh, on the trip. Um, Unfortunately, because well, you're in Italy and going across uh, Europe, the driving there is absolutely crazy. The lollipop lady is having a little bit of a hernia about it. So she has, you have to park up for a bit while she helps children across the road for a good six, seven hours. <laughs> um, I play Careless Whisper on the saxophone to keep myself sane. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really work particularly well. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, eventually, once uh, all of the children in Italy are shepherded safely by someone who's not really able to do their job due to an eye impairment... Um, <laughs> One minute left. Uh, I uh, use my milk to bring uh, nourishing... Voice in the yard. Was Sorry. That... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I use uh, the milk to. Uh... <laughs> I'm not. I can... Stop making me say I use my milk. <laughs> I, uh, I, I use it to uh, bring uh, liquid to Flint, Michigan, uh, with water. <laughs> a shortage. The lactose intolerant are screwed, and I'm sympathetic. But you know, you've got to be ruthless in this game. Uh, <laughs> from there, I uh, I travel across. America in a uh, Dick Van Dyke style like Cockney outfit handing out milk from an old British milk float gathering uh, supporters and dairy farmers uh, (laughs) until I can make it to uh, the where where was I going on the west coast you're going to Beverly Hills Beverly Hills uh, until I can make it to Beverly Hills uh, where I run across all of the roads using the lollipop lady to kind of protect me not as a shield she's doing she's doing her job and i'm using her as a companion and that'll really do it together <laughs> wonderful stuff there excellent from both pairs in round one but now it's time to find out who is moving on to round two and those two people are chris and joe <laughs> joe darcy not joe thompson <laughs> It'd be weird if you were both going. <laughs> well, we now move swiftly on to round two. In this round, the winning panelists must improvise their way to a whole new destination. They may use their object, companion, and mode of transport again, but this time they are allowed to dispose of them if they wish. However, the defeated panelists will try and stop them once again, this time using their own object, companion, and mode of transport to improvise obstacles in order to prevent them from becoming the a little bit racy, not a national treasure nullifier, you nincompoop. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's see what the challenge is in round two. Well done. You blocked Kevin James's mailbox with your hand at the last second, intercepting the telegram as it flew through the air like a shuriken, thus protecting the integrity of the United Kingdom. But wait, you look next door and see that Kevin Smith has received a telegram. So has Kevin Spacey. In fact, everyone in the world has become a national treasure. (laughs) Something strange is going on. You'll have to get to the National Treasure HQ in York, England to find out what. So, attempting the challenge first will be Chris, who, just to remind everyone, has with him his Chinese hand fan, Jason Statham, and his bathtub. But now Joe will be trying to stop him, using his nice cup of tea, his Channel 4 newscaster, Jon Snow, and his horse-drawn washing machine. Best of luck to you, Chris. Your time starts now. Okay, so we're still at uh, Kevin James's place, so... Uh, Jason Statham steals the Segway that he used in the Paul Blart Mall Cop movie. I didn't see them. It was in the trailer. Don't just... (laughs) (laughs) 
no, no need to look into that. And we're well on our way on this incredibly fast and efficient mode of transportation. And as you're moving down the road, you hear behind you squelching and clopping in equal parts as a waterlogged horse dragging a washing machine is stumbling up behind you, screaming, Help me! Um, at this point, would I be that bad of a guy if I killed the horse? It kind of seems like it wants to be put out of its misery. It wouldn't be about how bad a guy he was, it would be the consequences. There's a lot of water in there. <laughs> Should probably leave him alone. <laughs> right, um, oh, you're right, we probably need some kind of speed boost. Luckily, John, um, Thingy Statham, Jason Statham, that's his name, Jonathan Statham is his brother and has nothing to do with the show or any affiliation. Uh, luckily, Jason has a vial of that thing he was injected in in Crank. It may have been Crank. Was it Crank? It doesn't matter, the film! <laughs> he has that thing that makes him super good at things, probably, but kills him after a while. And he injects himself with that, and we, me and the Segway and the bath sash and <laughs> the handband hand all up on his back, and we rock it across Canada, as you often do, <laughs> outrunning the water horse. And uh, as um, unfortunately, this also means that Jason Statham gets incredibly uh, aggravated as uh, his adrenaline shoots up and he begins to get far more irritable than Jason Statham usually is. Thankfully, we're traveling through Canada and the famously polite nation managed to calm down his nerves by being nice and producing good alternative rock music that create the theme tunes for Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Thank you for that pity laugh. You don't have to know who the bare naked ladies are. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jon Snow uses this new irritability to create a massive reporter campaign to make everyone dislike Jon Snow. Uh, nope, the other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he kind of gets a little dislike in the meantime, but more importantly, Jason says Same initial, a lot so. of bad press. Jason, I'm sorry I injected you with a thing that's going to kill you just to abandon you, but... I abandon you for the greater cause. <laughs> One minute left. And we continue through Greenland with the bath sash and the hand fan and... Oh, and the Segway. I've still got the Segway. Uh, yeah, continuing doing that. <laughs> okay, and then you get to the ocean and I don't need to say anything else because you're going to try and get across the ocean on a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> or will I? I position the Segway... I turn the uh, bath that is now more of a wheel on its side. I put the Segway in the middle, put it on go and... Y Propel across the ocean. Um, and as yeah, get to the coast. I, I'm there with a tea. I, I hit you with tea. <laughs> scalding tea in your face. I'm horribly disfigured. Now my good looks are worthless. Except I have a fan to cover it. Phantom of the Opera style. No! <laughs> and, um, and we can... How much time do I have? Ten seconds left, exactly. Uh, and, um, and we continue to the north of England. And if memory serves, York is in the north. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I continue, and we arrive at the machine that does the thing about the national treasures, and it's fixed. It's amazing. I fix it. Well done, Chris Cotillo. It is amazing. It's amazing. What can I say? Excellent stuff from our first pair there in round two. But now attempting the challenge will be Joe, who just to remind everyone has with her a whistle that triggers a '90s rave, Alan Titchmarsh, and a full-size wind-up Mini Cooper. But now Tom will be trying to stop her using his saxophone tuned to only play Careless Whisper, his short-sighted lollipop lady, and a milk float. So, best of luck to you, Joe. Trying to get to York, your time starts now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <clears throat> let's have a think about this. <laughs> First of all, because I just need to wind down, I'm going to play the whistle and watch Alan dance, and that's going to use my inspiration. <laughs> so, just imagine that for a bit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, okay. So we start to make our way back. Paul, is that his name? Uh, in the film, yeah, he's Paul Blart, but he's Kevin James, is the. Oh. He's Paul. 
Yeah. <laughs> Our Kev is friends with <laughs> is friends with Amber Valletta from that film. Who, the one with Will Smith. Uh, Independence Day. Hooch, <laughs> I think it's called. We'll pretend it is. And in that film, she's got a yacht. How convenient. So we go back in time, and uh, we get on the yacht, and we make about to sail across the ocean. I uh, start playing my saxophone, unsurprisingly playing Careless Whisper, uh, and convince nearby yachters that there's a uh, secret underground uh, George Michael concert on the yacht. So rapidly you're swarmed by everything from dinghies to aircraft carriers because apparently George Michael is still that relevant. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So again, I use Alan's magic power of summoning up and this when he gets a vine going up to the aircraft carriers. Thanks for putting them there. That's much quicker. You've got to stop delivering people weapons. <laughs> My weapon's Alan Titchmark. I've already got him, mate. So we uh, ascend the vine, which he's summoned from the depths and get onto the aircraft carrier, which is good because the yacht was going to go the other direction, but this <laughs> makes more sense. So um, we start flying um, across... America to go across the Atlantic Ocean again. Um, I run Alan Titchmarsh over in a milk float, get out, <laughs> put a gun to his head, look up into his desperate eyes and go, Monty Don sends his regards. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Got really real. Right there. <laughs> so Alan's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, the play, and the plane's obviously not manned anymore because Alan was in charge of that. But I am able to use the gun that you used on him to keep on like bouncing us across the ocean, like I fire it, and it just like propels yeah, us across the ocean. Yeah, that's physics. <laughs> One minute left. That's how it works. Um, and wouldn't you believe it? We end up in Ireland, smashing just in time. Thanks very much. Um, Sean Bean's there, just chilling. Yeah, fair um, enough. <laughs> and I tell him all about the story, and he's like, well, I'm actually from Yorkshire, so uh, I'll get you I'll get you across the way. So he um, starts taking us. I use my uh, lollipop lady to uh, direct children into the roads. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, it's an obstacle. <laughs> I see your obstacle and raise you, Sean Bean, in the presence of a lollipop lady. She's, she's not going anywhere. She is drooling all over Sean, and it's I blow enough. the whistle again, the kids start raving. <laughs> you are blocked off and the lo- lo- lollipop lady is now just obsessed with Sean I'll leave Sean there because that's his job most importantly we've brought rave to the children of Yorkshire <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds left <laughs> well I had actually thought we were still in Ireland but cheers for saying we're now in Yorkshire <laughs> yeah. so that's really saved me some time I suppose so that's it there we go <laughs> okay, cool. thanks so much <laughs> yeah well done Tom for getting it. <laughs> Very kind. Excellent (laughs) stuff there from both pairs in round two, but we're now going to find out the conclusion of this tale and who has won this a little bit racy. You arrive at National Treasure HQ and push Sir David Jason aside, leap over Dame Maggie Smith and kick down the door being guarded by Sir Michael Gambon. There you find Helen Mirren laughing maniacally. She sabotaged the machine to make everyone in the world a national treasure, sick of being referred to as such instead of just a great actress. If everyone was a national treasure, then technically no one would be. Especially you, our widely celebrated national treasure, Chris Cosentino! It's the first time I've won one of these in like three years. (laughs) I'd like to thank the Academy. (laughs) Well, that's all we got time for. I'd like to thank our panellists, Joe Thompson, Chris Cosentino, Joe Darcy and Tom Harrison. I've been your host, James Cottle. 
sorry, just had to fill a few seconds there. <laughs> See you next time. enjoyed a little bit racing would like to find out more follow us on twitter at a little bit racy and like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash a little bit racy